Welcome. We are a mother-daughter podcast about all things surrogacy. Together, we have brought eight beautiful babies into this world, and we would like to share our knowledge of surrogacy with those who want to educate themselves on the topic. This is Stop, Sit, Surrogate. Welcome back to Stop Sit Surrogate with Kennedy and Ellen. Hello. We are joined today by a fellow surrogate. I'm going to let her introduce herself. Hey. Uh, I'm located in North Carolina. I am married for how many years now? Uh, over 10, maybe Yay. 11, maybe 20. I don't know. We've been together <laughs> close to 15 years now. Um, we have two children. I have done one surrogacy. And I have matched for my second journey. Good for oh you. Gosh, how exciting. Yeah. Oh, that's fun. So big question. How'd you find out about surrogacy? <laughs> Probably the same way a lot of people in my generation did. Um, Phoebe on Friends. Sure. We love her. <laughs> that's so funny. Yeah. 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 So when you grew up, did, were like, and you had your children and your family was complete, did, were you just like, oh, like, were you just watching the episode one day and was like, yeah, this sounds like a good idea? <laughs> yeah, it was always in the back of my mind, um, especially after my first daughter. I had a really smooth pregnancy, no complications, um, both very healthy, except that I had her at 35 weeks. Um, so... <laughs> Did you run into problems with an for an agency to take you because you had her at 35? You, yes, yes and no. So um, after I had her, I kind of knew that surrogacy was not going to be available as an option for me because I had her so early. Huh. Keep in mind, she was totally healthy, um, six and a half pounds, needed no assistance, never went to the NICU. She was born. They looked at her and handed her right back to me and were like, you can go home. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's never been back to a hospital since. Okay. Um, but then I was like, you know, no one's going to look at my records and say, eh, let's give it a shot. So mm-hmm. moved on with my life. Um, several years later, we, my husband and I were discussing, are we done growing our family? Do we want one more? And it was kind of like, we're coming up on our um, daughter being five years old. If we're going to have one more, like it's now or never. Um, so we did decide to have a second child and um, got pregnant fairly quickly. And that was another easy, smooth, uncomplicated pregnancy. And I had her at 37 weeks. Um, which depending on who you ask full term, um, and she was just shy of eight pounds. Same thing. Very healthy. No NICU time. No Mm complications. You grow them big. Yeah. I grow them big and I grow them quick. Yeah. Good. (laughs) Um, but no, no gestational diabetes, no, no signs of labor. I also have precipitous labor. So, um, as soon as labor starts, it's, it's go time. Um, and so I had been to my appointments before both births and there were no signs of labor um so they thought I was going a full 40 both times and did not so after I had my daughter while I was still on maternity leave with my second I started looking into surrogacy I was like I had another amazing pregnancy um I'm done we knew our family was done after two we did not want to be outnumbered um (laughs) and so I said you know I thought another thing in me let's let's see if I can do this um and Basically, anybody who heard I had a 35-week child was like, absolutely not. Right. But I had one agency that was like, you know what? Send us your records. Let's take a look. Ooh. And they were like, everything looks great. You had healthy pregnancies. Babies were healthy. 
we might be able to find a clinic to work with you. Um, and they actually found two clinics that would approve me. Um, one was um, Fertility Center of San Diego, I think. Uh -huh. San Diego Fertility Center. And yeah. there was Fertility Center of Las Vegas. So two pretty popular, well-known clinics for surrogacy. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, um, IP's new and they were totally fine. They're like, yeah, if babies are healthy, then that's that's all that matters. And so we went from there. So I was four months postpartum with my second when I started the paperwork. Okay. Um, and I wanted to ease into it. And I let my agency know, like, I'm not in a rush. Okay. Um, I had planned to breastfeed for the first year of my daughter's life. Uh, there was a formula sh shortage. It was during COVID. Wow. Um, and it was just, you know, something and wouldn't getting through the winter and, you know, cold and flu season, wanted to keep her as healthy as possible and keep myself healthy. Um, mm -hmm. So I was just, let's ease into it. So we slowly did record reviews and background checks and drug screens and all that good stuff. Um, and about six months after I started the process, I had the match meeting um, that I ended up uh, doing a journey with. So. so she's not quite, your second daughter's not quite a year yet then, right? Or come My second daughter's two and a half. She's two and a half. But yeah. when you, when you had your match meeting, she's not quite a year. Oh yes. Yes. She was 10, 10 months. Yep. Okay. Okay. Did you have a wish list yeah. of, of like IPs or an IP that you wanted that you were interested in? I really didn't. Yeah. No, I'm kind of a research person, but surprisingly like with surrogacy, I was kind of winging it. I was just like, let's see, let the, let the chips fall where they may. And let's just see how this, how this unfolds. Okay. Um, they had the first profile they sent me. I was like, yeah, sounds like a great couple. Let's, let's match and take, you know, have a meeting. And ultimately we did not end up meeting. Um, they were in the process of creating embryos and they had some bumps in the, um, in the road and kind of were just like, you know what, we're not ready for a match yet. And okay. so the second profile they sent me, I was like instantaneous. This is my couple. I love Aww. them so much. I need to meet them. Um, and so we had our match meeting in March of 2022 um and within the meeting and you know they're not supposed to ask you during the meeting if you want to match yeah. you have to like go your separate ways right. think about it and then email and say like yeah I'm interested in matching um no in the meeting we were like we're matched like this is oh, it we're, we're doing that's sweet I, I didn't know it at the time but they had recorded the match meeting um just like for their own records you know they very meticulously documenting their surrogacy journey to their child um, and so after baby was born, we watched the match meeting back together and it was just kind of precious to see oh, where it all started. That's cool. What kind um, of IPs are they same sex male? Does, is that what they are? are? Okay. And they're French. Yep. Oh, French. So are they, so they're from Europe? They are. Yeah. Oh, so God. after the first couple I looked at didn't work out, um, I had said to the agency, what is your most common demographic served? Like, who do you have the most of that are waiting? And they had said French gay couples. And I was just like, send me one. Let me let me take a look who you got. Um, and it was the most perfect. I could not have imagined a better match. So they really, they nailed it. Like, from the jump, nailed it. So. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. So, so hold on. So, so you, you were given profiles. Your profile wasn't given out. It, right. was, it was both. It was, it was both. both. Okay. So they sent me their particular profile after I said, hey, you know, send me some folks that have been waiting. Oh, okay. And then they had seen my profile. They had had two potential surrogate matches in the past and their clinic would not approve them oh. um, for various interesting reasons. Yeah. Um, and then um, they had seen my profile and they were like, we'd really love to meet Ashley. Um, and I had 
already seen their profile and love them. And so, um, yeah, they were very excited to know that I wanted to meet them. And like, it was so instantaneous during the meeting. I immediately felt so comfortable with them and was just like, I, I love them. I want, I want to help make their family. So was there a language barrier? Did did one of them or both of them speak a little English? Um, one of the dads, um, speaks uh, English and say he's like proficient. Okay. Um, but primary for both is French. Yeah. And then the dad that also speaks English also speaks Spanish. Oh, wow. Um, and so, yeah, okay. <laughs> um, nice. so we did, we did have someone from the agency that's like a French liaison, um, help with interpreting and translation during that match meeting, um, and in subsequent really important meetings. Um, but we ultimately did, um, like WhatsApp and use Google translate. Um, and I was a little nervous, but it was not as big of a barrier as I had anticipated. So for anybody who's thinking about an international couple, that's non-English speaking, go for it. It's not as bad as you might think. I mean, nowadays they have so much help. Like there's so much help Mm -hmm. for like on the phone where it's just like, what does this mean? And like, I know WeChat changes things. Um, but you might've used WhatsApp as WhatsApp and Google translate. Um, and then I was a little nervous, um, when they had gotten here into the U S, um, because we wouldn't have like the time to translate a text or anything like that, but it, it was not an issue. It was just, there was such, um, like an innate connection that we, we don't know. We just found a way to make it work. Like we were just communicating and it worked really well. That's very cool to hear. So how long from match meeting till you transfer? Uh, it was from March until November. Um, so because in March, my daughter was not quite a year yet. So they knew that I needed to, I wanted to finish breastfeeding. I had to, the clinics like you need to be done. Um, so we, uh, stopped breastfeeding right at one year at the end of May. Um, and then I still had not had two consecutive cycles. So the clinic said, we need you to have two cycles before we can bring for med clearance. And so it was July that I had med clearance. So we matched in March med clearance was in July uh, clearance came back fairly quickly. Yeah. Um, and then August into September, we did contracts and then end of September into October, we did meds. Wow. Okay. Yes. That's a pretty quick timeline. Still. It is considering yeah. you were finishing breastfeeding and had to have two consecutive cycles. It wasn't like people were hung yeah. up in contracts. It was, yeah. there was stuff yeah. going on. So well, part, part of the, uh, waiting for my cycle to return naturally, um, was I had had an IUD. So I was on my third IUD. I had an IUD pre-kids okay. after my first daughter and after my second daughter. Ah. Um, and so, cause like I said, we knew we were done building our family. We didn't want any surprises. Mm-hmm. Um, and so even though I was pursuing surrogacy, I, you know, I still wasn't trying to be pregnant at that time. And so I had an IUD and once I matched, then I got my IUD out. So a combination of I'd been on the IUD and I was still breastfeeding. It did take like, yeah. you know, close to four months for my cycle to come back. Well, to have enough to, to have two. Yeah. Um, but after that, it went fairly quickly. Okay. And do they come stateside to, well, they which clinic, know. which clinic did you choose? Nevada? Or oh, well, we went with we um, their embryo was at Fertility Center of Las Vegas. Okay. Okay. Yes. That's fun trip. Wonderful. I, yes. Um, the clinic was amazing. I mean, I had such yeah. a smooth journey. Like oh, there's really nothing that I would have changed, but the clinic was phenomenal. Uh, communication was amazing. Um, we didn't have to make any adjustments with medications. I was worried about the distance with the IPs, the distance with the clinic, but it it really went so smoothly. Like I just would not have changed anything. And you you transferred one embryo? 
We did, yeah. And it took the first time? It did. I did not know it at the time. Okay. It's wild to look back on this and be like, Ashley, how did you not know? Um, I did not know until the baby was like a week old. I was visiting them at their Airbnb. I'm holding the baby. And one of the dads made like a very offhand comment about, and she was our one embryo. And I was like, I'm sorry, what? Oh, it's a lot of pressure on your uterus. It's a lot of pressure. <laughs> I had no idea. I had Whoa. no idea. They thought that I knew. Oh. I had no idea. And I would have wanted to know. Yeah. And, and, I'm, and in hindsight, I'm so glad I didn't, honestly. Yeah. yeah. But there were so many reasons that I feel like I should have known along the way and I just didn't. And one of them was, I remember at my med clearance appointment, you know, my feet are in the stirrup. I am with the fertility doctor and I'm like, I made a stupid joke. I said, are we putting all their eggs in my one basket? And she was like, let me look. You know, she's on her computer typing. Oh. She's like, no, they've got plenty. Oh. Okay, I feel a little better about that. Okay. Um, and so I'm like, did they really? Did she yeah. think she did? Was she just like wanting me to be a more relaxed surrogate? Um, and then our contract was for up to three transfers. So one would think, yeah. oh, they've got at least three embryos. Right. Huh. No, <laughs> just the wow. one. So, and it's really interesting. And a lot, a lot of this, I did not know until they were here and maybe had been born. And, you know, we were just spending so much time together and just talking about everything from our different perspectives. Yeah. Um, but they started their embryo process in March, 2020. And so they were planning to fly to the U.S. to go to the clinic in Las Vegas and create their embryos. Um, but they couldn't come to the U.S. And so um, they went to Spain. Um, one of the dads gave a sperm sample. Spain then sent it to the fertility center in Las Vegas. They had a U.S. egg donor anonymous. Okay. Um, and then created the so the the sperm was frozen in Spain, flown to the, um Las Vegas. The egg had been frozen. They thaw both. They create embryos. They went from like twenty eight eggs to like three embryos. Whoa. Tested them all, and only one tested normal. And that was her. And that was her. Oh, goosebumps everywhere. Get yeah. out of here. And I had no idea. Thank God you didn't. Because seriously. I know. And, and, I, and I say it now, like going into it more educated this time, I want to know. Yeah. Um, but I'm so glad that I didn't. And they yeah. were just shocked because they were like, the agency knew, the clinic knew, we thought you knew. And I'm like, no, and I don't, and I'm not upset with them for, yeah. like, you know, so early in that journey. Um, if you match to an agency, there's just not a ton of communication between the surrogate and the IPs that early on. And so, it, and, and during our match meeting, like we didn't even really talk about embryos. I was like, as long as your embryos are tested, we're fine. Like right. that just, you know, increases the chances of a successful, healthy pregnancy and, you know, a successful delivery. And that was all that was important to me. And so we just didn't talk about the specifics yeah. of the one. My so do they come to the States at any time before the birth or just for the birth? Just for the birth. Okay. Yeah. Very interesting. So you just update them after appointments and, yeah. and yeah, we talked that. regularly. Um, um, we FaceTime during important appointments, um, heartbeat confirmation. Um, my mom went with me to the anatomy scan, um, so that she could hold the phone um so that I wasn't trying to hold the phone and move around the table you know so they yeah. could get all the pictures um and then after every appointment I would um send them a video of the heartbeat um <laughs> I felt really bad because they were um very anxious obviously like I didn't know it was their one embryo but they did wow. um and they were wanting like 
more updates. And I was just like, I'm so sorry. My pregnancies are so boring. Like, I just, I don't have anything to give you. I was trying to like emphasize, like, she's good. I'm good. Yeah. I wish I had more for you. So, um, I tried to talk about like the cravings. I would send pictures, you know, we did a Thursday bump picture every week. I would tell them what I was craving, um, just to, you know, find ways to include them in the pregnancy. And I, the, the craziest thing, um, when they told me that the first thing I thought back to when they're like, she was our one embryo, when I went out to the clinic for transfer. So the first thing is we had to postpone transfer by five days because my line, the clinic wanted my lining to be a 10. Okay. Which is pretty big from what I understand. A lot of clinics are like seven or eight is fine. I was at an eight and a half. They wanted a 10. You were already at an eight and a half and they wanted 10. I was at an eight and a half and Las Vegas was like, no, girl, you need to thicken up. And I was like, all right. I had not done any research about how to thicken up your uterine lining. So I was heartbroken because our original transfer date would have made the due date my birthday. Oh, I just was like, how cool would it have been if if the due date was my birthday? Right. That's cool. Um, So they ended up saying like, we're going to push back transfer. We don't know how long. Um, And this was on like a Thursday and I was supposed to like go a few days later. Um, So they said, well, go to, go to the, your local monitoring clinic on Monday, see where you're at. And we'll decide from there. Okay. Well, all weekend I did hot yoga. I was doing walks. I had the heating pad on my uterus. I was eating the things and drinking the things you're supposed to do to thicken up. Um, so I went to my appointment. I want to say it was on Halloween and they were like, she's at 10.3. It's great. We're good to go. We're moving forward with transfer. And so I just kept with the progesterone and the med cycle to kind of hold everything where it was, um, flew to Vegas on a Sunday. We were going to do a Monday transfer go to the clinic Monday morning, ultrasound, blood work, everything's great. We're go thaw the embryo. They thaw the embryo and she is not thawing and moving quick enough. And they are, mm. we can't transfer today. Oh. We're putting another 24 hours. Yikes. And I had not heard that this could happen. Wow. Yeah. So I don't know at this time, that's their only embryo. Right. And they're on holiday in France. Oh my gosh. An absolute wreck. They're telling me after the fact, like we didn't sleep. Oh. We were we were so upset. We were so distraught. We thought oh. she was gone. Um, oh. but apparently this happens. And sometimes they say, you know, she, they they said she was just a little sleepy, needed some time to wake up. Yeah. Um. Oh. So we just postponed twenty four hours. I went back the next day. Okay. Um. And uh, we transferred, and I had a positive on day four. Wow. Wow. Yeah. How long did you stay in Vegas? Did they let you come right home or were you there a whole nother night? I went, I went home the next day. So, um, went Sunday, original transfer was Monday, pushed it to Tuesday, flew home Wednesday. Wow. Yeah. Wow. And, and then no I think bed rest, no, like they were just like, you know, take it easy. Take like it easy. don't go out and do jumping jacks or anything, but, okay. um, you know, just live your life, which I was 20 minutes from the strip and I, you know, was relying on Ubers to get places. Um, so I didn't do anything. I just laid in bed and watched TV and read books, which as a mom of two yeah. who worked full time yeah. was amazing. Okay. It's yeah. like a mini vacation. It's amazing. So nice. <laughs> and, and people, you know, the agency was trying to get me to take somebody with me. And I was just like, I thrive on alone time. Oh. I will be fine by myself. Um, and so I did transfer by myself. The dads were on FaceTime. Um, they were in tears. It was beautiful. And I'm just kind of sitting here like, I think I'm pregnant. This is, you know, it's kind of a surreal moment right after transfer. 
um and so they're like how do you feel and I was like I have to pee oh <laughs> oh yeah so you yeah. gotta have that full bladder yeah um, so yeah they were texting me and they were just like you know we're so excited to be at this point like we can't wait to see what the future holds um and then I asked I said do you want me to test early or do you want to wait for beta and they were like we would love for you to test early um so I Day four, I started testing. I had the faintest positive you have ever seen. Like, yeah, but it was winter in the right light, but it was there. Um, and it just kept getting darker and darker. I think it was day seven. I had it on the digital, but wow. the first, and I didn't tell them immediately because oh, I was like, I want, I want something darker. I want okay. something like absolutely concrete. You can see it. This is not a maybe. Yeah. Um, so it was like day six where I was like, I had two clear lines oh. and I sent it to them thinking they're gonna be like oh my gosh we're pregnant yeah they're like what does this mean we've oh. never taken a pregnancy test oh so sweet so sweet of course you're two guys of course you haven't taken a yeah. pregnancy test and yeah. I was like it means you're pregnant and they were like you know that moment of excitement so I think that's like one of my favorite parts of surrogacy is like yeah. you get to announce those moments um for someone else and just be such a big part of their story um and like a little glimpse into their world. Um, so like in the grand scheme of things, it's like your time as a surrogate was just a blip in their lifespan, but it's such a big part of that story. Um, so that's one of my favorite moments is when I got to tell them that they were pregnant and they didn't realize that's what I was telling them. Oh, <laughs> so this pregnancy is uncomplicated. No gestational diabetes, kind of like Nothing. your first two. It was Good. so boring. <laughs> That's what everybody um, wants, though, in a surrogate journey. That's that is, a hematoma, nothing is, like that. Yeah. I had, um, I did not have morning sickness or any spotting with my own pregnancies. Nice. Um, I had some spotting the very first monitoring appointment, and I was very nervous because I had, I was not, I had not experienced that previously. Right. What I did not realize was that I had the flu. Oh. And I was dehydrated. I knew I was dehydrated because I couldn't keep anything down, but I'm thinking this is morning sickness. Like I was told symptoms can be different in a pregnancy. Mm. This is morning sickness. Like this is the price you pay for having had two nice pregnancies before yeah. you're, you're going to suffer this one. Oh. No, nope. I had the flu and I honestly was blissfully unaware. And I did not realize it was the flu until three days later. Um, my oldest daughter was really sick and took her to the doctor and she tested positive for flu. Oh. And it was like 30 minutes later, it dawned on me. And I was like, I had the flu. Yeah. Wow. So thank goodness after I cleared the flu, it, I was totally fine. No, no issues and early pregnancy. Um, but yeah, it was just, it was such a, just a straightforward, you know, beta was looking good. Ultrasounds were good at six and a half weeks. We saw gestational um, sac and um, the fetal pole and a heartbeat at six and a half weeks that we, we couldn't hear it, but we saw it. Okay. Um, yeah. And so from there on, just going to my appointments and updating them on heartbeat and she was growing right on track. So are, uh, are they worried that it's going to not go to 40 given your two children or? No, they were, they were. They were okay. so common. I mean, maybe they were, I don't know. They didn't tell me. <laughs> well, not, not no. even necessarily them, but the clinic and, and your. No, no, no they were yeah. just yeah. like, you know, if she goes early, she goes early. This okay. It's probably going to be a big, healthy baby. Like, like hers, you know, big for gestational age. Yeah. Um, and so I, when we start, when we did contracts, the initial contract draft said at least one of the parents needs to be in North Carolina at the day she hits 38 weeks. 
38. I made two edits to that contract. And one of them was I sent it back and I said, one of you needs to be here at 37 weeks because my longest pregnancy was 37 weeks. Yeah. I'm not going home with baby. So you need to be here. Um, and then, um, yeah, they got here at 37 weeks in a day and what's, mm -hmm, they did. Yeah. And what was really cool is the day they landed was one year from my med clearance appointment. So to kind of put in perspective how, how fast it went. Yeah. Um, So yeah, yeah, they're 37 weeks in a day. They showed up. I am one and a half centimeters dilated, 60% abased. My midwife is just like any day now you can go home and do all the things. Okay. I had never done all the things because I was never, you know, thinking, (laughs) you know, I'm trying to keep the baby in. I have the baby yet. Um, so it was so cool to be like, okay, I'm safe. The parents are here. Like I had three goals for this pregnancy and that was one of them. I want the parents here. So they went and just immediate sigh of relief. I was convinced I was having that baby that weekend. I got here on a Friday. I'm not going to work next week. I'm having this baby. My body has started the process. I was so confident. Monday rolls around. I show up to work and everybody's like, where's the baby? And I'm just like, I don't know. Don't talk to me. I'm still so pregnant. And remember, this is July in the South pregnant. Uh, not stand to be outside. I am so swollen. I have no shoes that fit me. Oh. I look at this and I'm just like, I'm just ready to have a baby. Yeah. Um, and so I went another 12 days. It was my longest pregnancy by what? 12 days. I went to 38 weeks and six days. Jeez Louise. Wow. And and I had bagged my midwife for intervention. And I've never oh been induced never had intervention um and I just remember like sobbing because the I was like they're here they're ready they're waiting they want to meet their kid like I don't want to be pregnant anymore it's time (laughs) and in my back of mind there's that pressure from that timeline because they can't get birth certificate social security card passport until she is born correct so I'm like I don't like they're only planning to be here six weeks I don't want you know three or four of those weeks for me to still be pregnant I had them here early because I thought my body was going to do what it has been doing which is have right. babies earlier oh. um and so I was a little frustrated and they were so anxious and every day any signs of labor any oh. signs of labor and I was just like I don't want to tell you like yeah. there are no signs I mean there are signs, but are there really like, yeah, it can happen. And then they stop, you know? And I was just like, my only signs of labor are my water breaks and contractions. Mm-hmm. And then it's boom, a baby is born. So it's just like, I, there's no, like, you're not going to have notice ahead of time. So. Is that, and is that how it worked? Cause that's how it worked for your um, biological kid. So is that how it worked for your surrogate baby too? Yes. Yes. Oh, and that, so my second goal for this pregnancy, um, was to have the baby in a hospital. Okay. okay. So for my second daughter, I, w- I made it to the hospital with 15 minutes to spare. I got there and then 15 minutes later, she was born wow. and I was really nervous this time. I was just like, I took it very seriously, you know, not to travel too far from the birthing hospital. Yeah. Um, and typically I like to labor at home for a little bit, but after my second pre- pregnancy, I was only in labor for two and a half hours, got to the hospital 15 minutes later, she's out. Wow. I'm like, I can't, I can't play it fast and loose with this one. I've, as soon as I have either contractions or my water breaks, I've got to get to this hospital. Yeah. So I had gone to my 30, it was technically my 39 week appointment, but it was at 38 and a half weeks just because everybody was pregnant. My midwife was, you know, trying to squeeze in as many people as she could. And, um, she was like, you're still one and a half centimeters, 60% of face. So for like three weeks, I had not shown any progress. Wow. And I was so confident going in. I'm like, I'm gonna be like three centimeters. We're so good. Nothing. And I'm just like, I'm so stubborn about this. I have 
had the dates. I've been walking. I've been bouncing. I've been eating spicy food constantly. And she's not budging. And I'm just like, I know she's over eight pounds. Get out of me, child. Your dads are here. They want to see you. Nothing. So at my 39 week appointment at 38 and a half weeks, I bullied my midwife into letting me have a membrane sweep. There you go. <laughs> like, please help me. And she's like, we really don't do intervention till 41 weeks. I was like, no, no, no. <gasps> they got here at 37. We are yeah. not waiting four weeks for this baby. She is ready. I am ready. Yeah. Um, and she was like, well, let me talk to the team. And the team was like, under the circumstances, Aww. we will allow intervention because this is a little abnormal. Like there are parents waiting and, you yeah. know, they have a timeline and we do feel that this is a healthy pregnancy and could, you know, withstand a membrane sweep. Like that's the lowest of intervention, right? Okay. My midwife says, you know, within 48 hours, it will work. If it 48 hours goes by, it didn't work. I'm so sorry. Like yeah. you're going to have to wait. Okay. I want to say 43 hours later, no. <laughs> my water broke. <laughs> there you go. Oh my God. I was so oh, I was so irritated those two days though that Monday because it was a Monday and then a Tuesday went by oh. and um I had stopped working at 38 weeks so I had like a full week off before she was born which is really nice if you can do that yeah. um my, my two pregnancies and my daughters I worked up until I went into labor but again I had them early so I wasn't expecting it yeah. um i never been quite that pregnant before um, I had a week off to myself, which was really helpful mentally um, to kind of be prepared um, to be away from work and have some time to myself. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so all three pregnancies very fast. I think collectively across all three, I've been in labor 16 hours. Wow. So when, um, your, water, when your water breaks on this one, what time of day is it? 3 a.m. Oh, yeah, yeah. So my water has broken first all three pregnancies. And I know that's super rare, but every single time water breaks first. There you go. So do you call them and then everybody meets at the birthing hospital? Yeah. So 3 a.m. We had kept taking bets on when's baby going to be born, when's baby going to be born. And one of the dads had said, I think Tuesday night going into Wednesday, she's going to be born. Okay. And I'm like, that's great. Any day, like, yeah, anything, I'll take it. So 3 a.m. July 19th, I am in my bed. I am, I got heartburn. I am swollen. I'm uncomfortable. I cannot sleep, you know, pregnancy insomnia. So I'm just kind of laying there wide awake. Uh, My husband had gotten home from work, fall asleep on the couch, had just come upstairs. And so I'm just kind of talking to him about how I'm like, this baby needs to make her move. Get out of here. Let's move. I can't do this much longer. Um, and he's like, yeah, yeah, I know you're miserable. Like it'll happen when it needs to happen. Wow. So he had laid his head down and been asleep maybe 10 minutes. And I just feel like, wow. and I could just, it, my water broke. And I'm like, oh, he's like, what? And I'm like, my water broke. And he's like, did uh-huh. you really? And I'm like, I don't know, roll me over. So he ah. kind of pushes me and I feel it keep coming. And I'm like, yeah, oh. no, my water broke. <laughs> um, That's a fun so, trick. <laughs> yeah. So, so I ran to the bathroom and it's gushing everywhere and I'm, I have my phone and I text the dads and I'm like, wake up. It's your daughter's birthday. My water broke. Oh. And immediately, wow, this is crazy. What do we do? Wow. And so they were like, paying attention. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and what's, what's so interesting is that, um, the entire time they've been in the States waiting, you know, on baby watch, they had their volume on their phone at night thinking we need to be aware of when Ashley calls. Well, their friends and family are in France. They're six hours ahead. 
they're calling and texting constantly, not aware of what time it is in the US, right. but they always slept through it. But for whatever mm-hmm. reason, ah. I send that text. One of the dads immediately sees it. Oh, and he said he didn't even read it. He just saw that it was me and he knew it was the middle of the night. And he was like, it's baby time. So cute. So he's like, what do I do? And at this point, I'm on the phone with my mom. Um, so I call her and she's like, oh, what's happening? What? Like very dis- disoriented. And I'm like, mom, my water broke. It's time. I need you to get here with the girls. Um, so she's about 25 minutes away. So she gets in her car and she's hightailing it over to my house. Um, I'm very calm. And I'm, you know, my husband's like, what do you need me to do? And I'm like, my bag is packed. It's in the car. Like, yeah. I'm going to just get ready. I curled my hair, washed my face, I put my, I put new contacts in. I was like, you know, just kind of relaxed because I got, I got time. I got to wait for my mom to get there anyway. Yeah. Um, so I told the dads, I said, meet me at the hospital at 4am. Give me an hour for my water to break all the way until we get to the hospital. I need an hour. They're like, we'll be there. Uh, pretty sure they were there before me. Yeah. They had done like a practice route from their Airbnb. Oh, to the so cute. Um, just cute. they want to make sure they knew where it was. Yeah. Um, and so got to the emergency room um, and they're like, what can we do for you? As if it's not like obvious and right. someone's very, and they waddle in and I'm like, I'm here to have a baby. They're like, oh, you have a scheduled induction. I was like, no, I'm in labor. Yeah. Um, and so they, they kept me in triage and I told them, I said, I have precipitous labor. I typically just go straight up to labor and delivery. They're like, eh, you look fine. And wow. I'm just like, you don't know. This is my third. Like, you don't know. Oh, All right. You say so. So unfortunately in triage, they don't let anybody come in with you except oh. your, your, your person. So my husband was with me oh. and the dad couldn't come into the hospital until I was up in the labor and delivery room. Oh, they had me in triage Forever? for like an hour. I mean, I'm just, it's like five o'clock and I'm like, I got to go. Like, yeah. and they check me and they're like, you're only out of four. And I'm like, yeah, but when I hit seven, we got 10 is, minutes. Is this uh, your usual hospital? It is all three I've had at the same hospital. Huh. And that's weird because you've been there. <laughs> well, and I pre-registered. So they knew I was coming. I had requested like a French interpreter. I had done, I had let them know it's a surrogacy. I had given them the pre-birth order. Like we were prepared. Yeah. Um, and they were just taking their sweet time. And like, wow. I don't request any um, pain management because they're so quick. So even if I had like, by the time I get it, it's too late anyway. Yeah. Um, and so I think they just thought like I was super calm during all of this, but like, you kind of know like how your body's working and mm-hmm. what takes in your pain management techniques. Yeah. And for me, I tried the comb technique this time, which I really liked, you know, what squeezing the comb. A comb? Yeah. So you hold a comb in the palm of your hands and you squeeze it really tight. Okay. Um, and so the way the the nerves in your body work mm-hmm. um, up and down your spine, if you can cause some kind of like light pain distraction above your uterus, huh. um, it will kind of distract from the pain below it. So by drawing my body's attention to the pain in my hand, by squeezing the comb, it lessened the pain of a contractions. Cool. Um, and it, and it reminded me to breathe through it because yes. it really does help if you breathe through it, you're not holding yes. your squeezing the whole time. So yes. breathing and holding the comb um, worked really well for me this time. Um, so yeah, about 5am, they sent me up to labor and delivery. Okay. Um, and I told the dads, I was like, great, I got a room, come on up. Uh, and I don't know where they were. Um, but they were around the hospital and they were trying to find the room and they couldn't quite find it. And, um, I get up in the room, I'm getting comfortable. I've got my gown on and I'm like, I got to pee. And they're like, okay, just don't push. And this is the same thing that happened with my second pregnancy. I went to the bathroom. I sat down 
And I was like, I don't have to pee. I have to push. Yeah. Like you're at a 10, you're like, you're ready. Let's go. Yeah. And I was just like, no, no, the dads aren't here. They're in the hospital, but they're not in the, some, and I looked at the, then one of the nurses, I was like, you find them right now. Cause they didn't grow this far, oh. this long to not, to be in the hospital and not in this room. Yeah. And like, we're going to find them. And I'm calling them on WhatsApp and I am, my contractions are one on top of the other. Now I'm. I'm holding this baby in get here please they walk in I lock eyes and I'm like get ready to meet your baby oh Oh. my gosh they don't have any time to prepare or nothing they're just like what and what's so funny is like they had texted family back home because by then it was like you know nine something no it was like 11 almost lunchtime in France so they're telling their moms like baby's on the way like you got all day go out get a shower go to breakfast like it labors a whole day ordeal and they're like actually said it's not we got to get there yeah um, and uh they were like and moms are like isn't she gonna get an epidural and I was just like I- I've never had one I'm kind of terrified of them and you um, big. Uh, yeah like I just yeah I-, I just have not been interested in one um I'm stubborn but I think like if I had long labors I'd absolutely would do some more pain management right. but for me it's like I can do anything for a short amount of time. And I know, and then I just kept telling myself, it's not for forever. It, it, this will be over. Like you will be out of pain as soon as the baby's born you can do this. And I just kind of walk myself through that. Um, but yeah, they, they just barely made it to the room. It was time to push and she was born mm-hmm. and we had in our birth plan decided which dad was going to hold her first, which was going to cut the umbilical cord. Okay. We decided to do delayed cord clamping. Okay. Um, and when she was born, the midwife was holding her and was like, all right, here, dad. And he was like, no, Ashley, Ashley. And so I held her for the first five minutes until oh. we decided it was time to cut the cord. Um, they wanted to wait until the cord was done pulsing. Um, but we were like five minutes in and that sucker was still going. Wow. And it was the biggest cord I've ever seen. And the nurses were just like, it's huge. We've wow. never seen an umbilical cord that large. Um, and so it, it was going to take a while. And I was just like, it's been five minutes. Like it's time, go ahead and cut it. One of the dads cut it. And I got to hand her to him. Aww. Such a beautiful moment. Like oh, that is what it's all about. That's why we do yeah. this. So we yep. can get a front row seat to that moment. Yep. And it's just the oh. best. And oh, did they melt? Did they just melt? They were, yeah. one of the dads was like pacing in the corner in tears. And I thought he was just so emotional about the moment. And we were talking about it later. And he was like, no, you were screaming. You were in pain. I was worried for you. Oh, oh. and I had, I had warned them, like preparing them for the birth. And I was just like, my pain management is oftentimes screaming, but I'm telling you in advance, I'm okay. That's yeah. just me like letting out that, that energy. It's very primal. Like I would give birth out back in the woods if I could. <laughs> But I don't think that you would allow that. You yeah. know, we have contractual yeah. obligation to be in a hospital. Yeah. So we're gonna we're gonna do this um, you know, the very medical way. Um, but I'm gonna I'm gonna be yelling. And they were like, okay, but I just don't think they were quite prepared for that. Um, and there's like a little uh, like little French doors in the room and the, like the baby um bassinet is behind there the warming station and all of that. And so they were kind of like huddled behind there while I'm pushing. And one of the nurses was like, um, did you want them here? And I was like, oh yeah, front and center, get out here. You need to be here. Like, oh my God. Like I, you know, I had this easy pregnancy and I, you know, you kind of have like a little bit of guilt, like, man, like I've had an easy pregnancy. Like, I don't want them to think that this is so easy on me. Right. Like this is a big thing you're doing 
with your body for a long time. It is 24 yeah. seven. Um, even before pregnancy, you're doing meds. You can't drink, you can't, you know, you yep. can't travel too far. You can't do that. You know, all these things and restrictions. So like, this is a big thing. And sometimes I think surrogates make it look so easy. Um, and even when it's easy, it's still hard. Even the easiest pregnancies, the easiest journeys are still difficult. And so I was like, I wanted them to yeah. be with me through my pain, um, to see, like, I may have made it look easy, but we're at the hard part now. And I need you to see me through it. Mm. Um, and they did, they were right by my side. Um, amazingly enough, my husband was there for the whole birth. And I say that because, um, we had a timeline, both he and my mom had to work that morning by 8am. Okay. And so my husband, in order to get both my kids ready, get them to school and daycare and get to work 45 minutes away, he had to be out the hospital by 6am. So she's born at 5.45 a.m. Oh, oh my gosh. gosh. We don't exchange words. Baby's born. He's like, great. And then leaves. Oh, oh my so God. Oh. So he, he gets back to my mom at my house with my kids. And she's like, how is Ashley? Is there a baby? He's like, yep, there's a baby. And then he's just like, you know, sleep you go. goes off to take a shower. My mom's like, all right, I'm leaving. So she leaves. She calls me at 6.30 and she's like, how are your contractions? I'm like, what are you talking about? Oh, because I'm like, she, she must know already because she just saw my husband, right? Yeah. And she's like, yeah, how are the contractions? How are you doing? And I'm like, I'm fine. What? There's no contractions. She's like, what do you mean? And I'm like, she's born. She's 45 minutes old. My mom's like, there's no way. There's no way your labors keep getting faster. And I'm like, yeah, no, I'm good. She's here. And my mom's That's like, so, oh, cute. so my husband was so casual about it. My yeah. mom didn't realize that I'd already <laughs> given birth. Um, gotta love men yeah, yeah no he was just whatever like I've seen her do this before it's fine. right um and that was part of the contract they always talk about like do you want your partner there with you yeah. and then you know we're still coming down from COVID like right hospital restrictions who can be with you and I was just like honestly like I'm prioritizing the parents and they're like really you don't want your husband there I'm like no. not really like he's not I mean I don't want to be touched during labor and delivery yeah. I don't want and mm-hmm. like I am totally fine. like and this is mm-hmm. I mean clinics and doctors and midwives and agencies they're just like you need a person oh it's like not everybody does it's yeah. okay um and so really all he does during my labor is he's wonderful if I asked for more he totally would but I wish I just need someone to hold my water um and give me sips between contractions and I was like go. either one of the dads can do that a nurse oh. can do that so we kind of were just playing it by ear like whoever's available to take me to the hospital like whether it's like middle of the night my mom can't make it my husband's got to stay with the kids call the dads have them pick me up on the way um so it it ended up working out that my husband was with me um but yeah as soon as she was born he's like gotta go taking care of my kids um so yeah our goals were avoid induction baby in a hospital dad's present and that's exactly how it happened that's awesome so So how long does everybody do they get their own room number one and then number two how long does everybody stay Yes, they did get their own room. I have a um, surrogacy friendly hospital. Much what I learned in this process is that North Carolina is incredibly surrogacy friendly. Um, At a pre-birth order that said they are the legal and rightful parents. We relinquished any parental rights we had. Um, I had my midwife was familiar with surrogacy. The hospital was surrogacy friendly. Um, And what that means is just that they're prepared for a surrogate and intended parents. And in this case, intended parents get their own recovery room. It's so nice. Um, so 
um, I had talked to my midwife and she was like, how long do you plan to stay in the hospital? I said, if everything goes smoothly, like it has before, I'd like to discharge as soon as possible. And I'm thinking 24 hours, right? Yeah. Cause you know, when you're in the hospital, like they're checking your vitals constantly. They're pushing on your uterus. Like I'm thinking I have to be there 24 hours. Yeah. Nope. They let me, they discharged me oh. at noon. Oh crap. Yeah. Yeah. At like noon. Wait, you, remember, you were there for six hours. Yeah. Well, yeah. she was there since four. So she was there for she had a baby six hours, yeah. hours yeah. prior. Maybe six yeah. hours old. They so won't let the I, baby go at six. They usually no, at 24, 24 yeah. hours. So um they yeah. stayed. I left. Um I discharged right from labor and delivery. I didn't even go to a recovery Jesus. room. Um, yep, I took a minute to Are you okay with that? Like, huh? were you okay with that? Leaving yeah, that yes. Room? I was like, send me home as soon as possible. You they would have let me stay, but I was like, let, put me in my bed, please. Like, okay. That's fair. I want to go home. I want to be in my bed, in my bathroom. Like, yeah. okay. You know, I want to crawl into a hole and, and go through postpartum in all its glory <laughs> in the comfort of my home. Okay. Um, and so we'd already talked about it prior to, and I was like, I'm going home right after. Um, so yeah, I stayed in the room with the parents um from 6 a.m to 10 a.m and it was just the three of us one Aww. of the dads um they took turns like leaving to like go get breakfast go yeah. to the bathroom that kind of stuff yeah. um so yeah we had four hours the four of us together which was beautiful um That's we so were nice. like just so quiet and contemplative and just yeah. soaking it all in and you know they're telling pa- pa- um, family they're taking pictures they're doing skin to skin and just soaking yeah. it in. um and then around 10 they sent them uh to the recovery room okay and then I had uh just under two hours to myself and they wouldn't let me go sooner but my husband had gone to work and so he worked for a few hours and then had to leave and come back and so he was waiting for me to be like okay they're gonna just oh. you okay um so yeah we um went home at 12 and just kind of enjoyed the rest of the day got the kids and one about her and this was two days before my birthday so um we weren't on my birthday but we were very very close very cool and then they go to it they stay for 24 do they have to keep them longer they stay for 24 um she had no complications she was eight pounds 10 ounces 22 inches long she was such a long baby um but she was she was perfect like just so healthy passed all her tests no issues so at 24 hours, they went ahead and sent, um, sent them. And home. they had an Airbnb that they were staying in? They did, yeah. Just one town over, like 15 minutes from me. Um, yeah, and so they, the Airbnb host knew that that's why they were there. And so they'd already had a bassinet set up in there. And I had saved a bunch of stuff um, just kind of intuitively for my youngest. Um, like, just left it in the house. I was like, I, you know, if I become a surrogate and it goes well, I will go ahead and hand this off to the parents because I don't want them to buy everything just for six weeks they're not going to take it home with them to France so I don't want them to spend all that money on stuff they only need for a few weeks so yeah I had saved an infant car seat boppies blankets um I had people donate diapers um sweet we had gotten a bunch of newborns she wore them for like a week and then she was up (laughs) and and then um some clothes and yeah so we we had tons of stuff ready for them and um the Airbnb host had a bassinet for them and so they were very comfortable in their house Ashley how old is your oldest at this point yeah. Eight. Well, seven. She was seven. She was seven at that point when the baby was born. Mm-hmm. So how did she think, what did she think about her mommy being a surrogate? 
she she really enjoyed it she thought yeah. it was so cool um Aww. she loves this one show that takes place in Paris it's a kid's show um so is it Emily in Paris or no, no. no that's that's a, that's an adult show there's <laughs> is it fancy Nancy no it's oh. um ladybug girl Ugh. oh I know with cat noir yeah yeah, so she Better. loves that show. She knows it takes place in Paris. And so she was uh, learning a lot about French culture and um, she, she's very excited. And so she was learning a little bit of French terms and um, researching things about the country. And so they made some of their, you know, dishes from home for us. Um, one of the dads had a birthday while he was here. And so we had a, a, a banner that said happy birthday in French. And we put it up oh, and you know we're practicing with them okay. um and so she was so excited she I was a little nervous I wasn't sure how she would feel about the baby but oh, she was so good with her wanted to hold her was feeding her asking about her uh gave her a nickname like oh. it was precious I was really worried about my two-year-old yeah because toddlers you know when they see their mom holding another baby it's like no that's my mom yeah um but it was not the case she was like nope that's my baby um and so she was fighting her older sister to hold the baby and feed the baby um so they totally embraced it um my husband was fairly indifferent he's just he's a very background person um the you know strong silent type and so he's just like I'm here for the ride like wow you know very supportive definitely got me like the meals in the middle of the night and (laughs) that kind of stuff but um, yeah, he was just like, you know, you handle pregnancy really well. So, you know, it's not a huge inconvenience in our daily lives. Like you've got more appointments and, you know, you're going to have this random event of labor whenever baby decides to make her way here, um, Mm -hmm. that we'll have to deal with, you know, as the time comes, whenever, you know, you go into labor and have to go to the hospital. Um, but beyond that, I mean, he was really supportive, um, my oldest loved it, loves the dads, loves the baby. My youngest don't think she knew what was going on until I was very pregnant. And then she just loved the belly, was constantly laying on the belly, um, snuggling it, you know, listening into the belly for the oh. baby. Um, and then when the baby was here, she was all about holding the baby and seeing the baby. So went really great. And my extended family was super supportive. Um, my mom went with me to see the baby a few times. My grandmother came over for the birthday party for the dad. Um, and then I was pretty, I mean, I was open with my um, friends and family and my acquaintances, like, you're going to see me pregnant. It's not my baby. Um, and everybody was very curious, but so supportive. Yeah. Um, and they were just like, thank you so much for educating. And awesome. really surprised at how well received it was, um, which is a good thing. You you know, want to be surprised and happy yeah. way. Mm-hmm. And I kind of thought during this journey, like I was going to find people who were going to be surrogates and I would get to, you know, oh. bring them into this sisterhood that is surrogates. Oh. Um, but it was really more people I didn't know were struggling with infertility who reached oh. out to talk oh. about going through the process of getting a surrogate. And I was, I mean, you just don't know what people are going through when it comes to oh. their families and expanding families and fertility. And so they were definitely like, curious as mm-hmm. potential IPs and that was the part I was not expecting yeah but that's, that's so cool, cool though that they felt mm-hmm. comfortable that you made a space comfortable enough that yeah, was safe for, for to people to come and reach out to you because yeah, that's yeah. And so important we had a lot of conversations about um what to expect and the steps and 
what to look for in a surrogate, what to consider before you start that search for your surrogate, yeah. um, questions to ask, and just really thinking about what relationship you want with your surrogate, local or long distance, do you want to be at appointments, that kind of thing. And so, yeah, I was expecting to just like find a bunch of women to be surrogates. And it was more like, I was, you know, helping IPs get comfortable with the process and seeing it from a surrogate perspective. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and I had, these were couples I had no idea had struggled with infertility. And so that part was kind of like, well, I, you know, I'm glad that you shared that part of your story with me and that I could bring um, some perspective to this side of things. Yeah. Absolutely. Because now maybe they're a little bit more comfortable to go through surrogacy. I mean, there's, yeah, it's not an easy decision, but I think once someone does go in a hundred percent and they find a match and they mm -hmm. can go on that journey together and there's open communication, like beautiful things can happen. And they yeah, yeah. All over the world they've happened and they can continue to happen, but yeah. it's just, it's people coming together to make families. It's, it's, mm -hmm. I don't know. It's yeah. just so, I hate to say it's so simple yet. So complex because it is. Yeah, it, it is. is. It, it is. is. And then I, you know, for every, I think it like the statistic is like for every 10 families that are looking for a surrogate, there's one surrogate. Right. Um, and so That's it's awesome. just like, you know, if you can, why not? And people are like, why are you doing it? I'm like, because I can like, yeah. Why wouldn't I? Right. right. And am I affecting your life by doing it? No. Yeah. So, um, my family has chosen to do this. I, yeah. 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 Well, and then the, the couple that I just matched with, they were like, hey, you know, why surrogacy? And I was like, why not? Like, yeah. I live my normal life. I get to be a mother and I get to be wife and I get to maintain my full-time job. And yep. it, it, it doesn't take away from my life in any way. And it just adds so much to it. Like, it yep. feels silly not to. Yeah. Um, but I remember in the, in the labor and delivery room during those few hours that the four of us were together and we're just, you know, kind of in that mm -hmm. glowy, you know, newborn life. And, uh, one of the dads looked at me and he was just like, are you going to do it again? And I was like, absolutely. And I was kind of <laughs> just waiting for the labor and delivery experience. Cause like during the pregnancy, people say like, do you think you'll do it again? And for me, it was up until this point in the pregnancy, as smooth and enjoyable as every step of the way has been, it's an absolute yes, but I just don't know what the future holds. And well, I'm on the other side of it now. And it was, it was so easy in that immediate aftermath. I was just like, sign me up, get, you know, let's do right. this. Oh. And then like those few weeks I'm with the parents, I'm helping them navigate, you know, the post-birth order, the birth certificate, social security, passport, all that stuff. And then, you know, just regular newborn life. Like, how do I, how do we burp her? And is she eating enough? And is this normal, you know? Yeah. And I'm imagining a second family and I can't picture it. Um, it felt like cheating. I was like, oh. how will I ever do this with another family? Like, these are my IPs. We are in a relationship. We have a bond, right? Um, yeah. So the, people expect the attachment to the baby. Yeah. No, yeah. she's cute. I adore her. Holding her is so fun. But at here, take your baby back. This yeah. is your baby. I've had my babies. I'm all done. Right. Um, the yeah. attachments with the parents, like yeah. those are my besties. And now they've got to live, yeah. you know, an ocean away. I can't stop in and have coffee. Like I was going for a walk um most every morning. Um, about a, starting at a week postpartum, just for my mental health, you know, get out in the morning while it's still cool enough before the humidity sets in and yes. move my body. And 
I was out walking one day, they, um, their Airbnb was across from a park and they saw me and they texted me and they're like, we see you walking, come for coffee after. Oh, so and it was just such a, like a casual relationship, like drop in coffee, yeah. snacks, hold That's a baby, so you know, watch a show. They were watching Emily in Paris in French. <laughs> um, and uh, I was like, man, I'm going to miss this when they leave. Like yeah. there's not going to be that casual drop in, come over for coffee. Let's share yeah. dinner, you know? And yep. that was what I was going to miss. Yeah. Um. So that was honestly the hardest part. Like we were all a mess at the airport because it was just like, we're best friends now. And, yeah. you know, I kind of like the way that I describe that postpartum period, because it's postpartum, there are emotions, there mm. are hormone changes. Like there's no getting away from that. Right. You will cry. And it doesn't mean you're a bad surrogate. It doesn't mean you're attached to the baby. It's just everything you feel so intensely in that, that yeah. first six weeks you have no choice but to cry about it. Yeah. Everything, right? Like, yes. oh, my you know, clothes don't fit. And, <laughs> you know, no, I don't have a baby with me. So people don't know why my clothes don't fit, you know? Right. <laughs> right. Um, and then, you know, you just, you're, you're in your feels about it. Yeah. Um, but it was just, yeah, it was the dads. I was like, man, like I have developed such a close relationship that I can't quite explain to anyone who's mm-hmm. never gone through this before. And I can't just drop in for coffee. And I'm sad about that. Yeah. Um. And I, I mean, the six week mark comes around and that fog lifts and you start to, you know, mm-hmm. feel better about it. But um. so yeah, almost next week will be five months. Um. Oh, wow. And it, it's, we're in such a good spot. I get so many photos and I'm just like, if you ever worry that you're sending too much, too many photos and videos, you're not. If you have have 10 pictures and you think they're all amazing and they're only slightly (laughs) different, I'm the one you can send them to every single time. I'm going to tell you they're all amazing. She is gorgeous. You guys are amazing. You're doing great. Um, and so I get to be that person for them now. And and they recognize this was not just an Ashley thing. This was Ashley with the support of her family. Yes. So they, they brought gifts for me and my kids and my husband. Yeah. They ask how they're doing. And, um, and it's just been such a beautiful relationship. And like, that is the attachment is like, we're in this. Um, and we knew going into it, we wanted to maintain that connection indefinitely. Um, their egg donor was anonymous. And so they wanted someone who was involved in this journey to be able to give some perspective to their daughter. Cause they're like, one day she's going to get older and she's going to realize I've got two dads. Uh Who's uterus. Um, And so they were just like, we want somebody who she can talk to. And, you know, it's, you know, talk about her pregnancy too. And I was like, I I would love to like, so it's kind of like an aunt Ashley situation. Um, And I, it's, I could not have had a better journey. I loved every part of it. So um, cool. even the postpartum part. Yeah. Um, but I was also super lucky. Um, I had paid leave and short-term disability. So I took a full 12 weeks off. Nice. Um, and uh I work in government, so it's not wow. always heard of that you can do that, but they do support surrogacy. Cool. Um, so yeah, I had full 12 weeks paid. Wow through my job and I loved every moment of it. And then I was excited to go back because I enjoy what I do. Um, And immediately was prepared to start the process of another journey um, because I know it is a process. It takes time. So starting it kind of early on um, postpartum while I was on leave, getting the paperwork out of the way and the drug screen and all that um, made sense before I went back to work. So yeah, I jumped right back in. So is your new couple um, same sex or they, they are. are? So this time 
I was not kind of just open, send me whatever. Yeah. Yeah. I was right. very specific. I was yep. like a couple. Sounds right. And and gay. They need to be gay men. Um yep. and they were like, all right, well, you're kind of picky, but uh, no, like, you're not. <laughs> yeah, you're not being picky. Well, I, I think that was like the biggest difference in my going into it the second time was I know what I want and there's yeah. no reason for me to stray from that yet. Nope. Um, I'm not saying I, you know, won't be more flexible in the future, but like I'm also not in a rush. Right. I will wait for my couple. Um and that is and that I tell anybody going into surrogacy, the match is the most important. It mm-hmm. makes or your experience and your oh, journey. Yeah. wait for your couple and you will know when it's your couple. And if you're on the fence, it's not your couple. If you are having reservations, it's not your couple. Um, You will know when it's your couple. Um, And like I said, I knew instantaneously. I knew. And I was so lucky because I was the first match meeting. And I'm just like, was I just naive? No, it was beautiful. It was exactly how it was supposed to be. Um, This time was a little, little rockier. I, they sent me profiles outside of my parameters and I said, no. Did and it was kind of like, why, why did you say no? And I was just like, cause all the reasons I gave you, like this doesn't right. fit. And, right. and it was the first couple was a gay, gay male couple. Um, their families didn't know they were gay. Oh, that's a lot. And, I mean, yeah. to each their own, to each their own. Totally. Right. And I said, you know, that's for them. It's not for me. I, just, I yeah. don't want to be involved in the emotional mess that I yeah. foresee could result from this. I don't want to be mm-hmm. tangled in that. Yeah. Um, I want, and I was very clear, I want my couples to have family or very close friend support. Um, surrogacy is a journey. And I also had said no, no single parent and it's, and it has nothing, I'm not nothing against single parents. I believe everybody has the right to be a parent. I, my mother was a single parent, but I knew as a surrogate, I didn't want to be that one person. I needed to know that they had another person. Yeah. Um, And especially if they were international, I didn't want them to come alone and be a new parent in a new country by themselves. And so it was really important to me that there have an emotional buffer built in and if you have a couple they have each other yeah. and they're not just like relying on their surrogate because you know once the baby's born that contract is like you're not obligated to like spend time with them or the baby mm-hmm. or anything like that right so yeah. I didn't need there to be that expectation built in um unnecessarily yeah. and so I wanted it to be very a very natural organic development of a relationship mm-hmm. um and I felt that buffer for me was making sure it was a couple and so, yeah, the second one they sent me was a single dad. And I was just like, I said, yeah. no, <laughs> yeah. but Hey, you know, good for you to stick into your guys right. because a lot of the times that I'm not dissing anybody, but a lot of the no. times they either won't have what we're looking for. So they're like, well, maybe we'll just send you, you know, this person right. and, and like I, you'll match and like, it'll right. be great. And, yes. And right. I kind of like, saw that that's what was happening. Yeah. And I mm. think first time starting at Ashley, it would have been like, hold at my heart strings. Oh yeah. Love to meet them. And then <laughs> like, when you, when you've met the couple, then you're, or the person, yeah. um, you kind of feel like a jerk. Like if I met them and I'm saying no, like, but it was just, and I think I probably go, like, if I'd gotten too far into this, like, I probably would have at some point just been like, all right, like whoever. Uh, um, it's like emotionally exhaustive, like seeing profiles and being like, oh, I don't want to be the one to tell them no. Yeah. Uh, I want everybody to have their surrogate. Um, but I kept reminding myself, like, this the match makes the journey and this is I want another smooth journey I've been so lucky so blessed that every step of the way has been 
exactly the way we wanted it to go. Um, and I have that hope for this second journey as well. And I know I can't repeat it exactly. Yeah. Um, so when I was kind of like another French gay couple, they're like, Ashley, they're not going to be the same IP. So, <laughs> oh, I know. Funny. But I feel like, you know, my couple is still out there. Um, and so, and I'm just like, I'm, I'm not even five weeks, five months postpartum. Like, yeah, right. and I, I found the couple. Oh, and it's amazing. So when will they let you transfer again? Does it have to be a year? No. Um, so the clinic won't look at my records as if my, my pregnancy history is going to change between, you right. know, January and July, you know, this past pregnancy. Mm-hmm. Um, no, they want me to be six months postpartum when they okay. look okay. at the records from the newest pregnancy. Cause it's the same clinic. They, they know my first two pregnancies. Yeah. Um, so they'll look in January and they say, yep, everything looks good. Um, we'll schedule med clearance for my next cycle. Okay. Wow. Gotcha. Oh my yeah. God. And, I'll plan to use the same lawyer. Lawyer was amazing. I guess every oh. part was so smooth. So I'm just like, yeah, let's keep as much the same as we can. Just um, you've given us a lot of information, like on, on, I think, cause our, one of our questions is what, what advice would you give someone who's looking to be a surrogate? And I think you've, you've kind of hit a bunch of different ones, but what would be your one main? Is it the match? It's the match. Yeah. It makes the journey. It yeah. does. Um, and I think, and I, one of the reasons I wanted um, a gay male couple for my first journey is I knew emotionally in this journey, going through it the first time, I did not want to take on the emotional piece of someone's infertility. Right. Yeah. It's, it's no one chooses surrogacy as their first option. A hundred percent. And yeah. so I knew as a first time surrogate, I may not be emotionally in a place to handle the emotions of another person that has gone through infertility yeah. trying to be pregnant. Yeah. Um, I wasn't ready for the dynamic of woman to woman, you're carrying the baby that I, I should be carrying. Yeah. Um, and it's not to say I won't consider, you know, working with a woman as an yeah, IP. No, yeah. I just knew for my first journey, yeah, I wasn't ready. Absolutely. And I had talked to the agency and it was kind of just like, well, who's been waiting the longest and who, um, you know, who do surrogates typically like to work with? And it turned out that um, surrogates were least likely to work with LGBTQ couples. And I was like, well, those are real people. Like, I will absolutely work with them. And that's um, the ones I would work with. I know. So, yeah. And, and so, wish list, right? <laughs> yes. Yes. And so going into the second journey, I was very like steadfast in. I know what worked for me. There's no reason I shouldn't stay within those lines again. Like, and right. again, it was not to say I wasn't going to be flexible in the future. Right. It was just, it was so early on in my second journey. Like, I don't feel the need to be flexible on that just yet. Right. Um, Agreed. But what was very cool is I wanted my IPs for my first journey to have some place in my next journey, right? Like they're blessing. Um, (laughs) And so the agency had reached out to them early on in our postpartum experience and said, Hey, we um, have some other couples that are thinking about our agency. Would you be willing to talk to them as IPs about your experience with us? Hmm. And they were like, absolutely. Um, and then weeks went by and nothing happened. And then they finally reached out and they're like, hey, they, they're they going to connect us with another couple to talk to about our experience with surrogacy. Do you want us to let you know if they're nice and if we think that they'd be a good fit for you? And I was like, yes. 
Um, but please know that I'm very picky. And they're like, we know. Um, and they're like, we're, we're always going to be your favorite, right? And I was like, of course, the first is always the favorite, right? Yeah. Um, and so as it turns out, the profile that they sent me was the pro was the couple that they had connected them with to talk about. Oh, okay. This all kind of happened the same day. So I'm like, hey, I got a profile. I really like it. Have you heard anything? And they're like, yeah, we have a meeting later this week to talk to a couple. And we saw the names and we we're like, it's the same couple. Oh, how cute. My IPs for my first journey actually had a Zoom call with my current my IP IPs. two weeks before I had my match meeting. Cool. How sweet. So they came so they met their blessing. They yeah. met them first awesome. and they were like, Ashley, we adore them. They remind us so much of us. Um, yeah. And we think that you're going to love them and we we think that this would be a really good fit for you mm -hmm. um and so I was super excited at that point because like my IP my new besties yeah. like they were giving their blessing right and I we had talked about it like it feels like cheating they're just like no it's okay. <laughs> oh like, no no cheating like, it's a little awkward we don't want to share yeah. you but like Aww. if we have to share you we're okay with this couple yeah um and How so yeah so they have a piece and and then the start of this of this new journey and um, interestingly enough, their clinic here on the East Coast did not approve me. Oh, how very interesting. They said, nope, she's had a preterm delivery. Right. So yeah. I had thought, I've got a proven surrogacy. I was a great yeah. surrogate. I have an amazing mm -hmm. pregnancy. I'm in the clear. Nope. Right. First clinic no. who looked at my records, they were like, absolutely not. 35 uh, weeks, nope. Yeah. Um, well, are you, and you, my agent are you using the same agency? Mm -hmm, I am. Okay, so you were only approved with two two clinics anyway. So why were they sending it to other clinics? I'm a little lost, I guess. So the IPs that, that I we, wanted to match oh, with, they were at the other clinic. Their embryos okay. were at this other clinic. Okay. Um, mm -hmm. And so I'm thinking, no, I knew in my first journey because I'd had earlier pregnancies, like it may not pan out. Right. But I was really confident after my surrogacy, having had such a nice surrogacy and a longer pregnancy. Oh, I'm going to be cleared. No problem. Two days later, they're like, uh-uh, no, hmm. 35 weeks. Absolutely not. And they're, and my agency's like, but you saw that she had a surrogacy that was almost right. 39 weeks. Wow. And it was fine. Right. And they're like, no, right. we're not approved. Yep. They won't take the chance. So, so the agency met with the parents and they were like, okay do you still want to meet with Ashley? And they're like, yes, we've talked to the first IPs. We really want to meet her. Yeah. Um, and then they had already, I didn't know at the time, but they had already talked to the fertility clinic in Las Vegas about mm -hmm. moving embryos. Moving. Oh, yeah. perfect. Kind of and so they now. were open. They'd already had some like other issues. Yeah. With the clinic. They were open to moving the embryos. Oh, good. Um, so they, after they had that conversation, we'd already canceled our match meeting. We're kind of just on hold. Mm -hmm. They met with my uh, IPs for my first journey. Um, and then the agency is like, okay, we're in a set of a match meeting. So we had a match meeting um, and it went really well. Um, they did not ask during the meeting if we wanted to match. So I was just huh. like, yeah. so like, I'm trying to think on it. Um, and they're like, we have 24 hours. So 24 hours is fine. I don't hear anything. I'm like, oh goodness. They didn't, so they didn't pick me. Oh, okay. Well, Aww, yeah. like, that's bad. No, they did. It just took a minute for everybody to like get on the same get the page. information like, differences and all that. Yeah. Um, and they were actually like, they'd really love to match with you. Um, and we're in there. We know we're going to um, wait until you're six months postpartum. The clinic's going to review your records. If they clear you on paper, we'll, we'll move forward with med clearance and moving the embryos. And I was like, all right. So how I agree. You have to come back and tell us how that journey goes. 
I'm hoping it goes exactly like the last one. But, yeah. <laughs> um, Super cool. Oh my God. So I only carried girls mm. and they only have boy embryos. So that oh, will be different. There we go. Um, so I'm a little excited about that. Uh, yeah. My first IP were like, is it a deal breaker? And I was like, no, not at oh. all. Um, it, it'll just be an, an adjustment. Yeah. Um, yeah. But an experience nonetheless. I mean, it would be excited to, to go through. And then um they have more than one so I'm well, a little oh, more that's good with that's that good. that's good and if we do an early 2024 like maybe uh March transfer then I can finally have a winter baby and not be super pregnant during hot months because I've had oh. a baby in May July and September in North Carolina and those are all very hot months, hot months. And I am tired of summer pregnancies. I, I am ready for a winter baby. And so I'm oh. hoping this time next year. Yeah. You'll be We're getting ready to have a baby. Have a Ooh, journey, keep us, keep us yeah, posted keep us and we'll one. send you all the sticky vibes and everything. Cause yeah. how exciting, but oh my God, they, I'm so happy that your story was so, oh, they're so beautiful. Both, yeah. And the second one's turning out to be very positive. Yeah. It's and it's very cool. The match makes the journey. I believe yeah. it a hundred percent. And I know some surrogates like go into it. And once you've had your heart set on it, you're kind of just like, I'm ready. I want to be pregnant. I want my couple. I want to move through this. Yeah. Uh, that true. was kind of, that was kind of me. Like once I match, yeah. I was like, let's go, let's get yes, through this. Girl. Um, yeah. But I, I know now like this time I was like, I need to make sure I've got the right couple because yeah. you, you are, you are carrying their child. They're absolutely going to be in your life and yeah. they need to know doing and you need to be comfortable with it and I think that was other thing I really liked about working with men is that they trusted me mm-hmm. wholeheartedly yeah. with they don't, any, they, yeah, they, they don't know any they don't have a reference right point. and I just remember like we talked about vaccines and they were right. just like if you would do it for your child do it for ours there you um, go yeah that's and we trust you they weren't asking me what I was eating to be nosy they're like yeah. we're crazy these days and like we're gonna eat it too and right uh, just a very supportive right um experience and so yeah heterosexual IPs can also be that way but they have to come to the realization and be able to have to have worked through their infertility um as we already touched on with yeah yeah. and 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 I you know and I try to put myself in that perspective and could I relinquish control yeah and that trust in someone and it's It's I can't like conceptually I can't imagine that Mm -hmm. um and so yeah I just I knew I was like, I need to be with somebody who trusts that I know my body and yeah. I know what I'm doing. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, so, and I mean, that was, that was my first eye piece for me. And so I'm, I'm thinking that this, this journey will be similar, but oh, also gotcha. now I've expanded their support group because they've met my IPs. They're in the same yeah. country. Yeah. Um, that's cool. and, that's yeah. Really cool. So that's I'm, really cool. I'm really excited for this next one. Well, yay. Well, yay. Thank you so much, Ashley. Yeah, We're excited for, for you. Excited to follow your journey. Yes. And thank you so much for sharing your beautiful story yeah thank you for um, having me absolutely too. i know Ooh. thank you so have much have a good evening you too bye bye. bye oh my gosh she's so loved what a beautiful journey to be able yeah. to have. like how exciting and like Super, how like calm and nothing pretty and now she's got the blessing from her other couple that's Yay. really cool that, that is cool. really cool yeah, that is cool. Well, thank yeah. you, Ashley, so much for sharing your story. If anybody has any questions or they would like to share their story, please feel free to reach out to me at stop period sit period surrogate on Instagram. It's been another edition of Stop Sit Surrogate with Kennedy and Ellen. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye. If you enjoyed this podcast, be sure to give us a like and subscribe. Also, check the link to our YouTube channel in the description.